Blog Talk Radio. special guest here today. You know, he got his inspiration to write his book from his grandson. How cool is that, right? Now, grandkids is a very part of our, a lot of our lives. I'm not a grandparent yet. I'm always wishing and hoping. But, you know, how did he become so tight with his grandson? You know, because I said we hear horror stories where a lot of grandparents have got to fight for that, you know, just to see their grandkids. He has a great relationship with his grandson. They travel all over the country, all over the world. He's seen China and so many other places. And he's got him inspired to do books. He's got a nice book series. You know, I special guest is um, a acclaimed children's book author, a retired award-winning accountant. He's a decor- he has a doctorate in education, along with inspiration from his grandson, Rick, as I mentioned, that created awesome book series, Ricky's Drain Trip. Without further ado, let's welcome to the show our special guest. So excited to have Mr. William Pop Pop Stevenson. Welcome to Long Island, New York. All right, Long Island. Yeah, I'm from upstate New York. I'm from Plattsburgh, New York. So I know of Long Island. Yes, upstate. You're almost Canadian then. Exactly. You got it. I go back now to visit. There's more French signs up there than English signs up there in our town. It's like, wow, things have changed. But yeah, we're right down the border. We're 45 minutes south of Montreal, Canada. Yes, we are. All right, well, sir. Go ahead, sir. Uh, I, I would like to share with you um, how the series started. Mm, yeah. um, it was never going to be a series um i wanted to do do something to show my grandson that i loved him um we were pretty far away from each other but did and and our contact was pretty limited so i wanted to do something that was lasting and what i decided to do was a uh get a loose leaf book and and write a story that invite that made him important and um uh and I wanted to show him that I loved him so um I came up with the concept of a dream trip that he would wait uh he would have a dream and I would appear in his dream and we would do something and what what we decided to do um was to have a dream trip through the solar system and uh, we visited every planet and um uh there was a, a, a lot of uh truth in it and it could be used in the classroom but more important for me this was just a book for my grandson and what happened was i had put it together and i was going to uh, take it 
um, to New Jersey where he where he's living, and um, uh, I was working at the time because uh, I I just retired two years ago, um, after forty years in the accounting field. I I had the book on my desk, and one of my tax clients came in and and uh, he saw it and he said, "Well, what is that, Bill?" I said, "Well, that's a something I wrote for my grandson." He's and he asked if he could see it. He said, you know, I just started a business for people who are self-publishing, and your book is publishable. Why don't you think about it? So we talked for a little while, and he convinced me that uh, uh, I I should uh, publish it. And he came up with uh, uh, a great um, company that does design and art called – Fireman Creative, and the owner is Paul Fireman. And uh, when we sent them the book, Paul Fireman was really excited too, and uh, um, uh, and he was very happy to uh, participate. And so, lo and behold, out comes this uh, children's book about uh, Ricky's dream trip uh, through the solar system, and um, and it was well received. Um, uh, I, I had over 200 clients, of course, and then many of them feel obligated to buy it, whether they wanted to <laughs> or not. But <laughs> but many of them uh, who, who did have kids, uh, they really loved it, and um, they showed it to their teachers, and their teachers loved it. And 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 and, and many of the adults who read it said, "Bill, I never knew half of this stuff. This is terrific." So I got all excited, and I decided, well, then let me do another one. And um, and at the time, I was reading about colonial America and the uh, Declaration of Independence. A book on George Washington had just come out. And um, so uh, what I decided, I was going to do another book, another dream trip, where uh, I would appear in Ricky's, and we would um, go to... Philadelphia Independence Hall, where they were writing the Declaration of Independence and and voting on it. And uh, um, when he walked in, John Adams says, what are you doing here? You can't come here. This is private. It's a secret. Um, and he said, this is my dream. You're in my dream. And, he, and so John Adams allowed him to come in, and he participated uh, – and asking uh, why they were voting on it or why they wouldn't vote on the uh, Declaration of Independence. And um, it's quite a bit of uh, wonderful history that teachers could use in the classroom as well. And uh, and and at the end of the uh, session, John Adams asked Ricky if he'd like to say something to the group, and Ricky said, I'm only eight years old. I'm just a kid. I I can't give a speech, but I can sing a song that my grandfather, Pop-Pop, taught me. And uh, he sang uh, Blowing in the Wind, which is really a great song for that particular period, although it was written later. But it was a dream. So anyway, um, uh, the book really was very well received. So... It encouraged me to go go further 
I said, Gene, I, I just wrote two books. I'm officially an author. So um, uh, I, I decided to uh, uh, continue with a series. Now, you have to remember, <laughs> I'm a very, I have very busy practice, an international practice. I was on the commissioner's advisory group. I testified before both houses of Congress, and uh, I was very active. But I loved my grandson, and I wanted to do something that would last, a legacy for him. So I came up with three more uh, stories. Uh, One more visit to ancient Egypt, and then there was ancient Greece and ancient Rome. And so... Um, th- th- these books took me months to write, and years in some cases. Um, so I started with uh, ancient uh, Egypt, and I was shocked. I'm thinking, oh my God, this is a six thousand year history. How am I going to pull something out of this that that's going to uh, get children's interest and uh, um, and uh, be something that uh, that they could relate to. And so uh, a- a- after much reading, lo and behold, what jumps, up, what jumps out at me, something we all know, it was about the young Tutankhamun, King Tut. And he was about Ricky's age. It was perfect. So w- what I decided to do, that we would, our dream trip, we would go and visit Egypt. And, uh, and, and it, but I had to come up with an idea that would keep children's interest as we traveled around Egypt and down the Nile and and then talked to people uh, uh, about what was going on. And um, I came up with the idea that uh, King Tut was upset because his cat was missing. And uh, as you probably know, uh, cats were very important to uh, ancient Egypt. Uh, they even mummified them for thousands of thousands of years, and uh, so that was our story. So we're we're going through all over uh, uh, Egypt uh, looking for the cat, and then at the end of the end of the uh, book, we couldn't find the cat. He stayed missing, and Ricky was upset, and he apologized. And King Tut said, "Oh, don't worry. Uh, I, I know you tried your hardest." Um, I'm going to take you to the stable where your dream horses are and say goodbye to you. And when they get to the to the stable, lo and behold, what do they find? They find the cat. And not only do they find the cat, but the cat had kittens. Mm. And uh, I thought that was a great way to keep the, the kids' interest and uh, uh, make the story fun and at the same time learn about ancient Egypt. Uh, and it allowed teachers uh, to put that into their uh, uh, learning uh, process, and then they can expand upon it. Um, the next story was um, uh, ancient Greece, and it gave me an opportunity to talk about the Olympics, mm. because as we all know, the Olympics started in Greece. So we, when we got to... Uh, uh, we had in the dream. Uh, we 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 got to Greece and uh, and we met Aristotle and and um, 
and Ricky said that they 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 really came there to meet Alexander the Great, and um, Aristotle said, "Well, I'll I'll take you to him, but I have a few things I have to do. I have to teach a class, and then we have the uh, my horse is racing in the Olympics, and and he asked Ricky if he would ride his horse in the race, and Ricky of course said yes, and I don't have to tell you who won the race." Um, <laughs> Uh, and so, anyway, it, it, it gave it, it gave me an opportunity to talk about the Olympics, uh, which is something that uh, that every age can relate to. And uh, and then they met um, uh, Alexander the Great, um, and there was some history in there about they were fighting with with um, Persia, and um, there were other issues, but but uh, the important part for the children was that Alexander the Great had a lyre and he wanted to learn how to play the lyre and he could never figure out how to do it even though Aristotle tried to teach him. Um, and, and Ricky, who it turns out is a child prodigy in, in the guitar, um, offered to teach him how to play the lyre, even though it's a different instrument, and and he did, and uh, and and it was a very exciting, and um, and Ricky was a hero uh, in uh, uh, in ancient Greece, as he was in the other places. Uh, the third ancient story really blew my mind. We decided to uh, visit Julius Caesar, and. Um, in, in the dream, when we arrived in uh, uh, in, in uh, ancient uh, uh, Rome, Julius Caesar was 16 years old, and his father had just died. Uh, they met his mother, and um, and his mother told him a little background that they were having a big problem when when um, uh, when uh, Julius Caesar's father died. He was made the head of the family, and um, and the head of the country, fellow by the name of Cinna, C-I-N-N-A. He had a 13-year-old daughter, and he said to Caesar, he wanted him to marry his daughter. Mm. Hey, that's a 16, 17-year-old kid marrying a 13-year-old child, but uh, that's true history. And I was shocked because when you you know when people like you and me think of Julius Caesar, and we think of the time of Cleopatra, and we think of a great man who uh, is a mil was a military genius, and he even today is considered one of the great military minds. And uh, and here he is at the age of seventeen, and uh, uh, building a, a new life, and. Yeah. Uh, and Sinna said, and I'm going to give you a job. It's going to make you the high priest for Jupiter. Well, after about two years, he, Sinna was replaced with Sola. And Sola got rid of all of or most of the people who were administrators and responsible for running Rome. And many of them were killed. And, and Julius Caesar was on the list to be killed. But Sulla 
called him into his office, if they had an office, and and, um, and said, and, and by the way, this is true history, and said to him, uh, he's going to spare his life, but he he had to quit his job, and he had to divorce his wife. His wife's name was Cornelius. Now, here's a 17, 18-year-old kid at the time. He's told to divorce his wife. He looks at Sola in his eyes and says, I am not divorcing my wife. And, uh, and he escaped and into the mountains of, uh, uh, of Italy. And his pro- problem was he got very sick. He even got malaria. And he almost died. And when Ricky and Pop-Pop arrived, um, they, they spoke to his mother, and his mother told them wh- where she thought they might be in the mountains because he kept moving. Um, they found him. They found Caesar. And uh, and they, uh, they asked him how they could save his life. And Caesar told them uh, that there was a group of very powerful women called the Vestals. And you and I know them as vessel virgins, but I kept the word virgin out because I didn't think an eight-year-old yeah. kid needed to know that discussion at that time of his life. But you'll you'll forgive me for that one. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, uh, Ricky went and Pop-Pop were introduced to the vessels, and, and the vessels were a very powerful group, and their uh, their main job was to keep um, uh, the light of Rome lit 24-7. Um, and they were so powerful that the head of of Rome for hundreds of years, they paid attention to them. And if they were asked uh, to do something, uh, they usually honored that request. And so uh, one of the things I was able to do was to bring women into women and children into history um, that were female, uh, so that that the girls, young girls, would see that uh, they influenced history, uh, and it wasn't just men. Um, in, in any event, Sulla uh, uh, honored their request and saved Caesar's life. Um, uh, Caesar left Rome for a while while Sulla was in power. And, and the important part here is, what if Caesar was killed by this guy, this great man that 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 even affects our life today would have been not part of history. So uh, um, I really felt pretty good about finding that out, and uh, and, and most most adults re- reacted the same way. Oh my gosh, we yeah. never knew that. It was pretty cool. And so, William, um, William I got to applaud you for because you're a numbers guy. You know, numbers, numbers, numbers. That's what you do. I made you living outstanding at it. And I was going to ask you, how did a numbers person be so visionary, so uh, creative, so intuitive about what you're doing with the book? And when did you realize that you had your attention of your grandson? Because you had a lot of competition today. Today's you know, your kids have got the internet, they got these little things they play with in their hands and stuff like that. When did you realize that you had his attention and you're onto something? Think back to that. 
Well, um, my grandson was a, uh, a very active uh, with the guitar, and he also liked to uh, lived on. Uh, they lived in Ocean City, New Jersey, and so they were close to the water. So when we visited them, uh, we could go on the boardwalk. We went to the, in the water with them. And, and just related, um, as a grandfather, but you're, you're right. I mean, uh, we, we don't see each other enough. And that's why I decided to write um, at least the first book was to have something that he would have forever. And, uh, um, and it showed that, that he was loved by by his grandfather and that that's the way I shoehorned my way into his life so um it was uh uh something that chin go you, you never know what the result's going to be but he just graduated from college and uh can you believe that I, I first book I wrote he was 7 years old now now he just graduated from college and it's quite amazing that's great. um so uh there, it, it's not a tight relationship, but it is a bond of love, and yeah. and he he knows his grandfather loves him, uh, and and I've proven it. That's uh, perfect, perfect. You know, explain um, to the listeners, explain to the listeners. Uh, you know, some of us who don't have a grandchild, stuff like that. But why is it? important making a child the hero of their own story i think that's what kept them in there too you know so you, again you're so creative yeah. with how you did this so why is it so important to make them their hero of their own story well w- one of the things that i realized and and you do too because we were both kids at one time yeah. it's tough being a kid and yeah. uh and your self-concept is, is uh you know, is in question, um, and and you can never do anything right. And uh, uh, so, uh, what I try to do is in these books make him a hero, make him feel good about himself, and and show that um, uh, that he can have a positive influence, and uh, which made him feel good about himself. So that was kind of the strategy uh, that I used. Uh, I really had three strategies with these books. One of them was to, just to show my grandson that his grandfather loved him. Yeah. And uh, and the second part, making him a hero in, in all of these stories. I mean, you know, how often can you be a hero in this world? And, and here he was, a hero um, in something that's lasting. And he even said to me, uh, you know, Pop Pop, I really appreciate the work that you did and how much it took for you to do this. I understand that. But I have these books that I'll have for my whole life. And then, and as I get older and get married and have children, I can share them with my children. And um, uh, he, he was very pleased with uh and understood that it was a legacy. So that part of it worked. Now, time will tell. <laughs> well, yeah. 
<laughs> and I won't really know, I guess, but uh, uh, it is something that um, is lasting, and uh, and just about everybody who sees it uh, reacts is reacting the way you do. With uh, they say, "Hey, this is pretty cool," and so uh, that's pretty much uh, the direction I took. And the third thing is, it's about history. And and, yeah. and, uh, and and teachers can use it in the classroom and expand upon it, and and it, it'll um, give some children um, a desire to want to look further because uh, the books interested them, and so that that's kind of the three things that uh, I tried to do, and finally, the, one of the incidental parts is. Uh, you know, these last few years, uh, you and I and our, everybody have been living through a period of of, of hatred, and mm. and I tried to create something that would overlay that those terrible feelings and with with love and joy and and hope, and hopefully uh, I accomplished that. Outstanding. Again, outstanding. I was asking a lot of questions, but you already answered them. So at this point, sir, please tell us, where do we go after this show to learn more about you, the adventure, and to order your books? Where do we go? Uh, I have a, a website called poppoppress.com. Poppoppress.com. And in there um, is the cover of all the books. And you click on the cover, it tells you a little bit about what the story is and um, uh, and and, uh, and how to buy it. And you can get it through Amazon. Um, uh, the one book, uh, the, the, the latest one where we, we took three, the three ancient stories and made one book out of it, now you can get that in the bookstores. Beautiful. You know, what pretty much. One thing is you got to pat yourself on the back for, because I was in education too, as I taught for a little while, but it's where I've always said to get good kids, it's not only the teachers, but parents work with the teachers as well. You did a great part with that. You you know, you did things at home to help the teacher out, because I think a lot of the stuff, a lot of parents just think, oh, let the teacher do it, let the teacher do it. No, it starts at home. It starts with, you know, you teaching them reading, like you said, how important it is to read to your kids, grandkids, how important to take an active role in that, the educating stuff like that, you know, because here in Tempe, Arizona, the pandemic really hurt us a lot. The kids and reading and math is very way behind. Well, why is that? Yeah. Teachers' fault is fault where they're at home. Teach parents, why can't you take out a little time to read to them? just to sit there and do what you've done in a smaller scale, right? You understand that? Well, you know, Hollis, the the thing that uh, you have to be careful of, you have to find something that really interests the the child. You can't just pull anything out and just read for the sake of it. Um, uh, and, And most of the reading to a child is by the parents, the mother or the father or both of them, and uh, and it it should be done on a regular basis. 
and um, it, you know it develops a um, an appreciation uh, with most kids if you get them involved in something that they can relate to, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's what I did for Ricky, and um, and I'm discovering that many other from my friends who have the book uh, that um, their kids are relating to it too. It, the relationship between the grandfather and the grandson uh, is a, uh, a can be a significant one, but mm-hmm. it, it it it's only part of a small part of life, honestly. Um, but it's an important part. Well, you did such a wonderful thing, and it's just so smart. I said, again, you got a legacy there because I'm trying to work on my legacy. So he can then say, hey, yeah, you know, when he has children, this is your grandfather. This is what he's done. So I, I am so jealous of that part. If you've done that, that's awesome. You know, that's really is awesome. They have it for life. They can share it with his kids. It's beautiful. I, that is a great way to go. Um, in closing, sir, uh, I want you to think about this. I want What is a double message for kids and readers in your book series? What's the double message that you're trying to present to us for kids and the readers of the books? Well, it's a triple message. One of them is uh, the underlying theme is the love of the grandfather for his grandson. Mm-hmm. The second uh, theme is building up child's feeling about himself and self-concept um, and, and making them feel good about themselves. Um uh even it's only a story uh it's it's uh, it's something that is part of their life once it's in writing and um and the third part is uh it's real history um uh and it can be used in the classroom and expanded upon and uh, teachers can uh, weave it into their lesson plan um you know as you know i do have an undergraduate degree and business education and a master's and doctorate in uh, education from Temple University. And uh, I was very active as a teacher and as an administrator, as a dean of students. And so uh, I was very close to my students. And uh, 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 it was uh, something uh, that was an important part of my life and uh, became an important part of my students' life because uh, uh, they were treated like human beings. Beautiful. Our special guest today, William Pop-Pop Stevenson. Sir, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing with us this great story. This is really going to inspire us to do what we have to do with our grandkids, with our kids, to move forward. Thank you, sir. You have a great week, and we're definitely going to follow up with you. and love to have you back to the show. Okay, sir? Thank you. It's an honor to be with you. It really is. You're you're a good man. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. What a great story that is, right? Pop-pop. Great story. Great legacy that he's living. You know, I'm always thinking, what kind of legacy can I leave my son? What can I do? Well, this gives me an idea. You know, I hope it gives you an idea, too, what we can do. You know, put it in writing, not just monies or whatever like this, not a house, but this is a great thing. You know, you can put this in a nice little frame, put it on your wall, and all of a sudden, all these are grim, these are Pop Pop's books they left for us. 
You know, you can read it, and we all need to be do that with our kids and our grandkids. That's a great thing, great story. I hope we give you some ideas, guys, on what you can do to leave a legacy to your kids, to your loved ones. Hey, you have a great week now, okay? We have some guests lined up for the rest of the week, rest of the month. It's going by fast, and our hand ten periods on is finally. I love that. Have a great, great, great week. Be safe, everybody. Let's close it with some music. Thanks again. Join us Friday on the Hollis Chapman Show. And as always, I'll see you next time.